You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. You are very welcome. I am Ahanu and this is my lovely Angel Rose. We've got a great story to tell you today and it's all about high brazel. And many of you may or may not have heard of high brazel. And I'm going to ask Angel Rose to give us a little insight into what it is because we've got something unfolding here that you might find very interesting. High Brazel is a mythical island off the coast of Ireland that used to be on ancient maps, and it is no longer on ancient maps, and it is believed that it is under the water now. Uh-huh. And okay. it's supposed to surface every seven years or something. Yeah, but it right? hasn't done that in a long time, Ahanu. I, I doubt that it'll surface until the next pole shift, <laughs> Right. <laughs> to be very honest. But we're talking also about earth changes and they reckon that at certain periods of time, this mythical island off the west coast of Ireland rises mm-hmm. to the surface and is seen, and as Angel Rose says, has been seen on maps. So with earth changes that are going on right now, mm-hmm. we're getting an inclination that there's something maybe going on with high brazel. Well, we have to back up a couple of years, Ahana, for when we were collecting our sacred earth waters in Ireland. And um, one of the places Spirit wanted us to go was to make an essence out of high brazel. And at the time, we thought, well, how are we going to do that since it's not above the water? And the location is guessable. Let's say most people don't know where it is. So we just trusted. We just went on this journey on the west. The wild Atlantic way on the west coast is quite an adventure. And you actually found the spot. Yeah. You took a detour off some road that we didn't really know about. We ended up on a secluded beach and we knew as we looked out into the ocean, we just put our jar down and we called in high brazel. And I'll leave it there because we both had a very powerful experience of it yes. being part of Atlantis. Right. So I think we're fast forwarding to the fact that we are in Bend, Oregon now and we periodically have groups that come and sample some of these waters with mm-hmm. us and go into a meditation and allow the information of the essence to come into our consciousness. And so that's that's the uh, stage, Ahanu, mm-hmm. on which this podcast is set. That's exactly right. So we got a group of people together to sample this water of high brazel. And we made a recording at the time. It's an audio recording and it was recorded during the summertime when the doors and windows were all open. So you will hear wind chimes in the background. And I do apologize for them because there are, are times where it seemingly is quite loud because it was a little windy that day too. But aside from that, the recording is very interesting because it leads us into what may be going on with High Brazel in terms of earth changes, in terms of a, a message that it may have for us and what's going on in the bigger picture. And that's why we wanted to bring this to you today. But there's also other things that we felt were going on. And that was that with High Brazel, we felt there's also a sense of resistance in that it seemed as if there were some entities of some kind that were preventing us from bringing this out to you. Because anytime we've tried to do it, there was always something going on or something happened that made it difficult. So at last, we're able to bring this to you right now. And you decide yourself whether you feel that this is appropriate. 
The other thing that we found also was arising from this exercise that we did in High Brazil and amongst our little group, our little community here in Bend, Oregon, was that it led to an exploration of the chakras. And that led to a possibility that High Brazil may be one of the chakras that's becoming activated on the planet. Do you want to say something about that real quick, Angel Rose? I don't think you can talk about that real quick. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> true. But suffice it to say that sources told us through the Akashic Records that what we're doing as a planet is we're moving from the solar plexus chakra to the heart chakra. And there's a purification that has to happen with the solar plexus because it's all about personal power and power itself. And as we're watching so much abusive power in our world right now, it's that has to be cleared out before we can understand power in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And only then can we move into the heart chakra. So you're right. So that's yes. that's the reference point that I would use about that. So by way, this is all by way of an introduction to the audio that we're going to play for you just now. But one final thing that came out that we found very interesting was that high brazil seemed to resonate with the number eight or the number eight kept coming up for us. And of course, you know, the number eight is like an infinity on its side. So this possibility of something infinite kept coming up for us all the time. And the more we explored it, we started to discover amazing words that had the sound of eight in them. Like, for example, accentuate, accelerate, attenuate, and other words like Appreciate. Appreciate, create, procreate, emanate, elevate. And these are all very positive words. Now, there are some negative words with eight sounding in them, but most of them were all to do with propagating and elevating and accelerating. So we feel there's something in there for us to explore a little bit more. So have a listen to this and please do connect with us on the social media or on our website at angelrose at angelrose.com, our email, or any of our websites, indeed, worldofempowerment.com, amongst others. And we'll come back to you at the end of this audio. Everything I saw and everything I got today was symbolism, symbolic. And the first thing I saw was the, uh, you know, the symbol of peace, you know, where you have the two arms and symbol of peace. That's what the first thing I saw. Then that got a circle around it. Okay, so still the peace thing. And then I saw what seemed to be cell division, where and it was almost like a chromosome coming and attaching itself onto that one. So where the, the two arms were going out, another two arms connected to it, mm-hmm. and another two arms connected this side, and another two arms connected that side. So what I was getting was, like, the first thing was this, second thing was that, third thing was this, and the fourth thing was they all became hexagons that were connecting, slotting in almost like... A, a hive. Mm. And let me just show you this, Sarah. I don't know if you can see it. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. This is the first thing I saw. Then you saw the peace symbol. Then this one, and then this one, and then it became this hexagon shape. You see where they're all connected together? Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? And And what I saw with that was that the, the, the hex was the spell, right? You know the way they say I put a, somebody put a hex on me or you know, they use that word hex, right? Which, which means six. 
and it's connected with the negative of the 666. And it's crazy because we were talking about this down in Dudley's this morning, do you remember? And I'm seeing now how that was manipulated against us. The hex and the six is a is a good thing because it represents this kind of uh, connection, this this unity, this strength, this this solidity of this arrangement, and it's it's a platonic solid, and also very similar to the tops of crystals. You know when you have a hexagon shape like in the, in the tops of the crystals, because that's what it looks like if you look down on the top with it, with three facets, and then you have you know six facets. But the hexagon was meaning the hex is gone. The hex is gone. Yeah, it popped. You know, the hex. What we were doing was the hex gone. <laughs> that was really cool, right? And then, of course, there was a few other things that you know how you mentioned about the peace sign, Sarah. You know, this original first, the first thing I saw the peace sign, and I thought oh, peace, and I got the spelling of peace, P-I-E-C-E, a peace. So this was only a piece of the puzzle, as it were. And as I started filling out. All the pieces came together, and in a hexagon there are six pieces, like, and there's six of us. So I kept thinking, all of us are pieces of this, that when we slot together, we create this very solid uh, geometric shape, which is uh, one of the platonic solids, and is, you know, it's like invincible when it's in that, when it's in that configuration. But when it's broken out into pieces, sure, it's not that strong. So this structure appeared on high brazel and it looked like that there was an open channel in the center of it and it was projecting a beam straight up into the heavens. I couldn't get where it was connecting to, but it was obviously some body in the heavens, some other constellation maybe. But it was connecting from the center of the earth out through high brazel in this six-pointed star, but in fact it's eight. It's eight. And the eight is two fours, of course, and I found it very stable. It was really very difficult to move it. It wasn't meant to be moved. And the stability of it felt very strong. Now, the eight also, for me, I could see the sign, the infinite sign, and that came up for us before, the infinite. But the eight also had its own significance because... While this seemed very positive, I also seemed to get the other side of the story, which was irate. And when somebody is irate, they're pretty pissed off. <laughs> they're pretty angry. <laughs> and I seemed to feel that what we were doing, that there's an element that is very angry with what we're doing and what's happening there, because the stability is coming back to this. And not only that, but that structure also seems to spin. So it's very stable in its geometric construction, and even more so when it spins. And it's like as if that may be one of the chakras of the planet that is now started to spin again with a beam of light energy coming out of it. So all that was really very positive. Now, when I was tasting the water, the strangest thing, I tasted licorice from it. And I couldn't understand it because it's just plain water. But then I found that that word comes from liqueur and a French word, liqueur meaning the distillation down to a pure essence. That's what a liqueur is. It takes all the alcohol and distills it down into a pure essence. And it's like that's what the water was, was the pure essence 
of hybrazel. And that pure essence was what was giving it the stability. And the final part of that was that the irate part of it seemed to have no power, seemed to have seemed to fall away. It's like as if that was only tacked on. If you take a word like responsible and irresponsible, when you put the ire at the front of it, it's only tacked on. It's not a real word in its own right. It's only an add-on to mean. So in that way, the force of negativity that was attached to this was only hanging on to make it irate. So when the number eight regained its stability and this structure started to spin and the light came out of it from the center of the core of the earth came out of it, it was the irate bit had no power. The eight had the power. All happened in a couple of seconds. It seemed to be a kind of a, what do you call the red, almost like a crimson red, but light, light crimson, almost like varying between pink and crimson, somewhere in the middle there. Stabilization, this is what I got. I kind of asked what Gaia wants herself. What, what do you want us to work on? Well, first of all, I got that a brazel was one that we need to, and then uh, Great Pyramid of Giza is the second one. And then I asked more. This is what they wanted was to do sacred geometry, put Minotron's cube. On those spaces. Which your design almost is kind of almost to that effect. So then I got, and I said, those three, there's more? I got, yes. And I'm like, do you want one on each continent? And they say, yes. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then I got, what I was trying to play in my mind, what else do I know? And actually in South America, it's the Nazca lines. It's the what? The Nazca lines. Oh. No, it wasn't uh, Machu Picchu. It was the Nazca lines. I don't know, somewhere in Antarctica, we just put it there. And then um, I don't know the how you pronounce the, the new name, uh, Ayers Rock, but what's the real name now? You oh. Start with you. I can't pronounce Ooh. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. And then I was like, okay, now we need Asia. What do we need? I'm like, there are some, some place that she wanted, but I'm like, I don't know the names of it. But I said, can we do Taj Mahal? <laughs> she said yes. <laughs> so those are the ones that she wants actually to... Uh, Think of Metatron's cube on each of those places to stabilize the thing. Yeah. Square. Yeah. Yeah, because I said, what kind of sacred geometry do you want? And I got, oh, Metatron's cube. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's, you know, I, there's a lot of sacred geometries. The next one I also got that she would like to retrieve soul fragments. Mother Earth. So anytime you detonate bombs underground or something, she split off mm-hmm. fragments. So she said she wanted to please make her whole. She asked to be gathered all her parts and put it back in, you know, integrate it. So those are two that I got. It's basically a four-sided, three-sided or four-sided triangle, like a pyramid, one going up and then one intersecting halfway in the middle going down. So you have the point here, point here, and the points around. So it's eight-sided. But that's the Merkaba. Yeah. Yes. So it's. Uh, I didn't yes. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I travel in all the time. <laughs> Merkaba. Because they're supposed to say because they say they're all even Mer- syllable. Oh, you don't want to. You okay. don't want to go Merkaba because they're all, right. all even right, syllables. Okay. Well, 
It was warm. I was standing on the beach, and there was others of us around. And in the distance, in the water, I was seeing white shapes. To me, they almost started looking like a triangle. And at first, we were thinking they were like ship sails, but they were so far out. What I got was they were icebergs. Oh, wow. Icebergs. Ooh. And uh, we all had this like foreboding feeling like, oh, what's this? It, it was like earth changes. And these were icebergs floating from who knows where. And then within one month's time, Hybrazel was no more. But they had that almost in the distance, they reminded me of like sailors, the ship sails. Right. And that's from above if you see it in a yeah. three-dimensional. That's exactly what I drew, drew and I didn't know it. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. It's a sacred geometrical symbol that forms a map of creation. And it is this map that the mystics, sages, and ancient civilizations have revered throughout the ages. Over 13 billion years ago, during what is referred to on Earth as the Big Bang, source or God or infinite intelligence gave birth to this universe. And it is this symbol of Metatron's view that explains this birth and the infinite expanding field of creation in all directions of time and space. Mm -hmm. Through the field of the Metatron's cube, source energy creates the potential field of creation, a field of high vibrational frequencies that ripple out through creation, eventually creating color then sound, and finally, at their lower levels of vibration, physical matter. Thus, the field of source energy represented by Met Metatron's cube, permeates through every level, through every aspect of creation. As that original spark of love of source expands in all directions of time and space, God is the energy waves, God is the color, God is the sound, God is the physical matter, and God is the entire field of love, one vibrational energy. The light expands infinitely through Metatron's cube via one or more of the elements, earth, air, fire, water, coming through spirit. Uh, galaxies, solar systems, planets, humans, plants, animals, DNA, the atoms, subatomic particles, and hence the energy space between all matter is made up of one or more of these elements. Metatron's cube is composed of 13 spheres held together by lines from the midpoint of each sphere. The spheres of Metatron's cube represent the feminine, while the straight lines represent the masculine. Thus, Metatron's cube represents the weaving together of the male and female polarities to create the oneness field of the infinite all. The following outlines how the 13 spheres of Metatron's cube are present through every aspect of our lives. So you have the 13 archangels of creation, the whole speed about that, There's the 13 energy centers, and the whole speed about that. I gotta show you this other picture. And then there's Ohm, the Ohm symbol mm -hmm. through Metatron's cube. Mm -hmm. 13 sacred keys of creation. And if you look at it in its 3D form, yeah, that's yeah. it right there. That's it. Oh, okay. That's a Merkaba, basically. And that's what a lot of us astral travelers travel in. This is our... So that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is that that's what they want to, us to envision on those sites that I said? That is what they want us to envision. Yeah. Place it right mm -hmm. on. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing that I was seeing 
looking top down. Right. But there's light coming up through the center of it, out through high bradle. That's what I was seeing there. Mm. Yes. High bradle has got oh. eight letters in it too, which was rather interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh. My thing about the icebergs is that when I went into the records uh, back in 2012, somebody asked about Atlantis, and they said it's safe from Earth changes, not from it's not an explosion. Yeah, Earth changes. Atlantis, they said it's safe from Earth changes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's why inhabitants of Atlantis gradually spread all over the Earth. Some left early, some stayed, but that's the reason why. So it wasn't that they destroyed themselves? No, I didn't get that at all. But I got that Hybrizo that was destroyed. I well, don't she know. got that in sink. I was almost thinking that it got hit by water. an iceberg. And <laughs> I think it's under the water. Yeah, yeah. It was, to me, it was just kind of like, oh, just like the, what is that, the ship that sank, you know, because of, yeah, you know, that's the feeling I got is almost like being hit by an iceberg and then sinking. Yeah. I concur. All right. What I got, first of all, as soon as you open the jar, I got this small, strong, perfumey scent, like a flower. It just was, as soon as you open the jar. And then right away I was on the beach where we made the essence in Ireland. Oh gosh, yeah. So that was my first thing. And then it said, uh, we are all carrying, we are all carrying it now. We're all carrying hybrazel now within us. We are the essence. We are the essence of it inside us and we carry it wherever we go. The light that it is and whatever we do there is also with us. I thought it was interesting because it was kind of saying it isn't just when you go there Tuesday night. You're carrying it now inside your body. Yeah. Okay. It will rise again, but the earth will be very different by then. A lot less people. Mm-hmm. Earth is already changing. Its plates are moving and changing beneath the surface of the land and the oceans. It made a point to say it's changing now. You know, like the structure of the earth is Mm -hmm. changing now. The purification is us saying goodbye to the old. It is one collective movement. So the crystal grid is inside of us as well, creating new structures. Let your old body die out as the new one is being created. It is a watery crystalline body carrying more light and reflecting more light. Fatigue is the pull, the resistance, when the old and the new are not yet completed. Like tension. Mm-hmm. Tension between the old and the new makes you tired. The tension of the pull between them, that's what we're feeling when we're tired. Drink lots of water and say goodbye to the old. Don't hold on to the old emotions of the past. Be joyful and new. Let it be renewed. You all initiated this process so now you are it (laughs) Wow! you are now the remaking of the living crystal grid it is a great cellular cleansing and purification and hold the space come to the pyramid tonight and sit together in the center of it as one hold the space and more will be revealed This affects Stonehenge as well as the Tor and other sacred sites around the world. Tonight you will be strengthening the connections between them all. 
as they hold together the template for the new earth to be anchored. So you're setting the stage and continue. And then I thought, I had a real interesting memory, Ahana, when you were talking about the liqueur. And I don't know if you guys know about magnified healing. Magnified healing came down from Kuan Yin. And it was an attunement. It's a healing energy, but it's an attunement. In fact, I have the books. They're just somewhere back east. But anyway, at the end of your initiation, they gave you this liqueur to drink. And it was... I forgot the name of it now, which I could remember because it was rose in color and it had like orange flavor to it, like an orangey rose kind of a liqueur. I mean, it's a physical liqueur you can buy, but that was the representation of the sacredness of magnified healing and her. And that healing was all about shifting the DNA and it's kind of like after Reiki that came next back in the day. So it was... All of a sudden, I flashed to Kuan Yin when you said that, and I thought, whoa, maybe, you know, maybe these masters have something to do with this place, too. Yes, and that color, I was trying to describe it, but, you know, a lot of men are colorblind. But when you mentioned that kind of rose color that you're talking about there, I'm saying, yeah, it's kind of a mixture between, what did I say? Not scarlet. Crimson. crimson. Yeah. Kind of a weak crimson, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that kind of... I wish I could remember. I'll try to find the name of the liqueur because I know we all each got a glass of it after and we all drank it after the initiation. But that's what it was. It was considered a sacred liqueur. Yes. So did you ever practice that? Oh, yeah, I did for a while. I did so many healing modalities. And how effective or what? Oh, it's powerful. It's a particular process. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you do this and you do this and you do this. You know, it's a step-by-step kind of a thing you do on somebody at the time. Yeah, I wish I had the manuals now, but they're all in the Carolinas. But I'd love to look at it now because I I took it probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. It was a long time ago. I'd like to look at it too. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, yeah, it's all Kuan Yin, Mm. her stuff. And you can definitely feel her presence when you're getting attuned to it. It's pretty cool. All right, so let's light the candles. Yeah. That's cool. It's kind of like the separation coming together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in coming together, there was amazing strength. Unity. Unity, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, Sarah, what'd you get? Don't talk back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Energy is talking back to me. I had a very full third eye to crown chakra. It was very full of a lot of pressure. And the message I got was that what Ahano had said before, that we all need to work on opening our pranic tube from above the crown of our head to below our root chakra so that we can receive messages. We're ready to receive messages from the innermost part of Gaia and the uppermost part of all that is. So the as above is so below, but extreme, and that the messages and the light would meet at not exactly in the middle, but more in the heart and the higher heart chakras. So you have the heart chakra here, the higher heart chakra is in the back. 
which represents Christ consciousness. And that we would use this wisdom to, to connect to our inner child and to mitigate the judge, the judgmentalness that we have of our own selves. And that as we cleanse all of this, we will be creating a unity between the six of us. So I didn't see a hexagon, but I saw that our pranic tubes would unite and would create this huge channel to that as we send it below and we send it above, that its energy would go out to the world in an exponential way, much, much like an earthquake or even more profoundly and that we would, our energy would connect with others that are doing the same thing. Maybe it's ourselves in another dimension. Maybe it's the other beings that are now looking at us as being the conduit. My sense was this all came from our work with high brazel and the ley lines and the tunnels and everything we've been doing over the last however many weeks it's been is now coming to this this place of wisdom and knowledge and profound energy transfer. Okay. What I first saw was our pyramid. And at first it was... On top of that pyramid was an inverted pyramid touching the point. The point's touching, the pyramid's touching. And um, that that didn't last, but then this, um, I don't even know how to describe it, um, this holographic, geometric um, hovering over it was this... Um, It's hard to describe, uh, just like a, a, an intelligence that was hovering. And I was trying to understand what this intelligence geometric was trying to say. And then as I just kind of was with it, I was just feeling like I was trying with my mind to understand. And what I got was be more heart-centered. Just feel more with your heart, not your mind. For a little bit, it just made me dizzy. It's just like I had to hold my head because it was just like kind of powerful. So I, it's hard for me to describe, but um, it was good. It was good, but uh, hard to describe. Just kind of a, a feeling more than a, a mind thing. A feeling, the heart feeling. That's what I got. So I got that we only cleared 92% of the ley lines because the portions that were intentional, uh, had intentionally des desecrated it, are still uh, not cleared, but at least 92% have been cleared. Uh, and there's broken parts of the ley lines that have not been uh, cleared. And also, I got, um, we still need to do a magnetic field. It wasn't completely done. And also, there was a breakdown of the communication channels. 
Don't ask me what it is, but there is breakdown, and they want us to reconnect somehow. I don't know. So, and that was what they said to do now, not to do the ghosts and the interdimensional imprints. Do that later. This is what they want to do now. I saw the most beautiful light blue aquamarine color all around me. And I was seeing hundreds of those coming up, like growing. At first, I was kind of flying, floating through them. But no, I was swimming, floating through. It was like it was an obelisk garden or something that I was either tending or just watching over and just watching them all grow. They were all around me. And they were that shape. Obviously, I was under the ocean, and I was a myrrh person or something, and just watching the garden grow. We have to do all this work, and you're just floating under the ocean. It's sweet. Well, I'm very sweet. My garden. I, I'm, I'm working. I'm watching. <laughs> in a flowy sort of way. Yes. You get to go on the beach. You know, you know. <laughs> She's a little kid. I know. <laughs> well, I chose to be a child I mean, at heart. So when I first drank, I saw... Roses first, and then this really tall, blonde-haired. It wasn't ethereal. It wasn't this being that was male. And he had his back to me, and he said he had a big, huge scepter. And he said, oh. the time is now, he said. A scepter? Yeah, he had a huge scepter, gold scepter in his right hand. And he said, the time is now. And then he went from that to... The pyramid got covered in clear crystal. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was like a cloaking mm -hmm. crystal. And the feeling I got from him is that we didn't want to attract too much attention to high brazel right now. So whatever we're doing is undercover is what I kind of feel. And then it popped from high brazel to Skellig Michael, but it, it was a an ethereal, it was an ethereal grid. And by that I mean it was, the crystal pyramid rose up, wasn't on the 3D earth, it was higher. And then from the tip of that went over to High Brazel. And then from there it went to Machu Picchu. And I felt like what Sharon said, I felt like it was, but they didn't want anything else. It was just connect those Connect those places. Connect to Skelling and then connect to Machu Picchu for now, okay? But it was a liquid crystal line, all right, that connected them. And then it went back to High Brazel, and they, it was a golden grid that they wanted us to lay across the whole entire planet. Mm -hmm. And the golden grid was really the memory, the memory of paradise. Golden grid over the magnetic field or through the magnetic field was to make people remember. Not to do anything to them or change them in any way, but just to put put the memory of divinity back in the grids so that they had access to it and to spread that all over the years. That's all I got. That's not just all. That's a lot. Yes. Yeah. So on one hand, there was an ethereal crystal grid being made 
Only temporarily, though, like you said, it wasn't everywhere. That crystal grid was only connecting High Brazel to Skellig to Machu Picchu. Mm. And I asked, well, what about the pier? No, don't go there yet. Just do those places in the ethereal, but the golden grid down on the ground could go mm. across the whole planet. But it was, for, it was for the memory to be awakening people. And as we know, the grid around the earth comes up through the feet. So that's where it would start to come up through the feet of people. So that's what I got, anyhow. All right, who wants to light the candles? Did everybody notice the clock chiming eight? Mm -hmm. With eight bells? Mm -hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Eight bells at eight, eight o'clock, which was quite astonishing, considering we're working with the cube and the, and the eights and the infinity and all of that. Now, what I found really interesting was that when we got there, I felt the whole thing start to spin. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know how the Merkaba works, but it, it's like as if one of these cubes was spinning clockwise and the other one was spinning yes, anti-clockwise. And we were kind of in the middle of it. So in the middle was stability, which was interesting, mm -hmm. you know, that you weren't caught in the... The eye of the storm. Mm -hmm. The eye of the storm, exactly. Mm -hmm. There was stability. Yes, where all this energy was swirling clockwise, like above or whichever way it was. But right where we were was just stability in the middle of this whole thing. And then I started getting <laughs> crazy, crazy things. Seemed crazy, but perhaps they mean something. To accelerate, accelerate the flow. To aggregate eight the energies, <laughs> <laughs> attenuate the frequency. What does attenuate mean? It means like consolidate it or make it flow together. Mitigate the interference and copulate the union. Mm. No, you're not having sex. <laughs> <laughs> But it was feminine and the divine the feminine and masculine. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cop what, copulate yes. the union. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I swear you with your words. You always so right. to bring right. in the sex. <laughs> so I had asked for the soul fragments to be brought back to Gaia and integrated. So I asked it for us if we chose. I asked our higher selves if we chose that. And the seven. Metatron cubes, I, I envisioned in each place. And then I said, oh, well, do we need to put those on each of our chakras? I got, yes. So, I, you know, if you want it, you, you can have it, you know. Um, and then also, when we had the, um, you wanted to do the crystalline grid and become more crystalline. I'm like, oh, well, we can ask to become more crystalline and have our crystalline grid up to running. So I'm like, well, if we're asking for the earth, we can just ask for ourselves. So... So if we choose to do it, I said, if your higher self where you choose to, to uh, have those. But then I also said, well, maybe we should ask our loved ones if they wanted it. And then I said, well, how about past lives? Well, how about my ancestors? And I said, okay, whoever wants it can get it. <laughs> Too many to name. Right. So we said, like, whoever wants it can just grab it. It's a bubble. They can grab it. There you go. Let me just add to that real quick, because you used a word in there that I immediately resonated with me when you said create. You said create the crystalline grid. Create. Create. Oh, 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 oh God. I didn't think of that. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I got just about the same. Not your stuff, Sherry, right. because you're you're always somewhere. But uh, as far as the Merkaba and the thing spinning, and we were one with it, and also divine bliss. It's bliss to be in that that space. It was like optimal orgasm, whatever you want to call it, but it was that kind of feeling, just total blissed out. And it, they say, I've yet to see mine in the spinning motion, but when a Merkaba is in its spinning thing, from afar, it looks as the shape of a like Saturn or that uh, like a flying saucer. That's the mm-hmm. shape when your Merkaba is flying about. It's in the shape of a flying saucer, and we were in that middle of that flying saucer bliss, and it was. It, I just had a big smile on my face the whole mm-hmm. time. Eternal um, <laughs> sex. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to go get a room. <laughs> well, to me, it all turned into a thousand-petaled lotus. Oh. So as we were sitting in the circle, it just kept looking like it was a white thousand-petaled lotus with unending petals. Mm. Like it was a thousand-petaled, but it had, it was infinite. It could just keep creating more and more petals. And then... It said to visualize a white crystal flame in the solar plexus, Mm -hmm. that our solar plexus needed to be changed because there was a vast nerve network in the solar plexus that connects to the nerve network on the planet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that had to become crystalline. So I saw this white crystal flame in my solar plexus, and it, it was almost looked like if you could imagine what a teardrop or flame-shaped liquid diamond look like. Mm. That's what it was like. It kept saying words like uh, inner sanctum santorum. It kept repeating it over and over, inner sanctum sanctorum and mystical. So I felt more inner changes, and it said that, that when you get to the point where you're a liquid crystal body, It's not about density anymore, and it isn't about food or digestion or anything. It's about you emit information. You emit the information of the universe out of your cells, out of your your essence, out of your being. It just emanates from you. It does what? Emanates. Emanate. Emanate. It emanates from your body. So I felt like it was a it was changing the physical body so that it could be more of a uh, crystalline light, pure white fire, not even white fire, crystal fire being, and that that that's what joy was is when you're emanating that you're just emanating the knowledge and the information of the universe, and it it's less about anything dense or personal or anything. That was very blissful. Yes, was, and I just wanted to lay in it for a while. But I definitely saw the white light or light coming up through the center. Yeah, going out into space and cleaning the atmosphere. Mm. Mm. So that was kind of cool mm. too, you know. 
but that was um, when I was in Egypt, that guy made an invention and he said, we're in the king's chamber and we went all around and he put the, um, this little machine there and he said it's beaming out to the heavens, whatever it was doing. So that's exactly what it was. That he said that he had to come to that trip because it was a private showing so we could, you know, from five to seven o'clock in the morning so nobody else was there so we can gather in a group and, and so he can do the machine and that was like 2010. I think he, it was saying he said it was beaming out to the heavens, the cosmos that, you know, if they could help us or whatever, you know, so... There is a beam. Was that like a beacon to the Yeah, cosmos? it's a beacon, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that was interesting. It's always so interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Sanctum Santorum, or what is it? The Inner the Sanctum Santorum is, is what it can say. Okay, it's in the body. Oh, yeah. God. Anywhere in the, where in the body? Middle, upper, lower, all of the, the whole body. Maybe the human body is the same. Okay, you have to listen to this. Because I remember, cause, just because all I'm saying is because what it said to me was that when when the cells are purified, mm-hmm. when the crystalline structures in the body, when the solar plexus, made a point to say the solar plexus has to be. Well, that's the solar cleansed. plexus is in the middle, isn't it? No, no it's right the here. In the it's the stomach. Yeah, I know where okay. that is, but so heart's the middle. So, but it was saying that the cells, when they're cleansed, they emanate light and they emanate knowledge. They don't have, they don't have belief systems attached. They don't have density attached. They're not, they're not of that ego identity anymore. They're cleansed. So, the, so maybe the body itself is the whole body. Is the sanctum sanctorum because the solar plexus chakra is one of the dirtiest parts of the body. That's I know. What is she? What is and all the crap that you that's pulled right. within you is in the solar that's plexus. That's right. That's why they were showing you start here first. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay, I'll read it to us. Okay, so after you were looking up the meaning of sanctum sanctorum, and it literally means holy of holies. In Freemasonry, it refers to the sanctuary within King Solomon's temple where the Ark of the Covenant and the very presence of God resided. Now, the Holy of Holies is a perfect cube. It measures 30 feet long, 30 feet wide and 30 feet high and was raised 10 feet above the temple floor. A double door, which spanned 10 foot 8 inches, led to this inner sanctuary. It was made of olive wood and gilded with gold. Mm-hmm. carved with figures of gourds, flowers, palm trees and cherubim. Mm-hmm. These doors occupied one quarter of the wall, which is the fourth, the perfect uh, symmetry of the sacred geometry. The top of the doorway was formed into a pointed arch. The curtains or veils were of the finest silk cloth, brightly coloured in hyacinth blue, purple and scarlet. The Phoenicians were famous for their coloured dyes, especially purple. They obtained the purple ink from the marine snail found on their coast. Other shades of ink were obtained from other species of marine snails common in the Mediterranean. The silk for the veils came from their trading with tribes to the east, possibly India. They were embroidered with figures of cherubim. The floor, the four walls and ceilings were completely lined with pure gold. And herein was kept the Ark of the Covenant, which sat in a recessed area 
just large enough to contain the ark. Above the ark, King Solomon had caused two cherubim of gigantic size to be made. They stood over 20 feet high and were made of olive wood. Both were the same size and shape. They were placed side by side so that two of their outstretched wings touched each other in the middle of the room and the other two wings touched the walls. The two winged creatures were covered with gold and faced the doorway to the Holy of Holies. Herein also were kept other tokens of the Israelites' deliverance from Egypt and their sojourns in the Sinai wilderness. You know what else it makes me think of? And again, this is very symbolic. Remember when we went to see the King Tut exhibit mm. in Ireland? Uh -huh? Yeah. And they had replicas of his tomb, right? Mm. And there were boxes within boxes, gold boxes within gold boxes within gold boxes. But remember, each corner had had angels that oh, were yeah. holding the corners That's like right. this all around the just the four corners. But I wonder if the Egyptians had some sort of recognition about the Ark of the Covenant being within, you know, because it enclosed King Tut's body. I wonder if they had an understanding of that because I was really clear that the Ark of the Covenant is within us. Yes, it could have been an outer object as well, but it was really clear that it's, this is inner stuff. And when Metatron came to me and healed me, and the next day I was introduced to Metatron to my uh, physical therapist and read about my nuclear weapons healing, and they called it Metatron's Cube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not the Merkaba, but it was the Metatron's Cube mm -hmm. that, was, that actually healed me. But they had angels on the corners. So yeah. this... Yeah. So in ancient Egypt, they had, they didn't have angels on. Like if the whole thing was gold, which is symbolic itself yeah. of permanence, permanence and indestructibility. Mm -hmm. And it, so it's like the gold of the inner self, really, when it's purified. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, they were facing, you know, if this was King Tut's box, right? One of the boxes that inside was the tomb, the way that they carved them in gold was they were facing, not out, but in, mm -hmm. and their wings were outstretched mm -hmm. to the corners. It was, it was really beautiful. It was so beautiful, but it was all gold. Yeah, it was really fantastic. So we hope you enjoyed that uh, little piece of information about High Brazil and the adventure that it took us on, Mahano. And uh, we have not checked on it in a while. Uh, we stopped our visitations to High Brazil, our journeys, I should say, and we had the feeling to give it a rest for a while, and we haven't checked in a while. So look forward to that because we will check in and see mm -hmm. how that energy has changed or what's going on in that area of the world. We look forward to that, and we'll keep you updated. Until next time, goodbye from myself, Ahanu, and from Angel Rose. Bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.